Freddie, man, what we gonna what we gonna do with RC, man? He already been on spot this Super Bowl, and now this man got a damn Emmy. There's nothing we can do, man. Try to match his energy, bruh. But he gonna talk nasty to us now. Yeah, we know that. We know that. What what he what he say? Cut the room in half? <laughs> yeah. The good thing is he can't cut the room in half. Maybe he can sit on the on the edge and then cut a third off. But you know, we gotta celebrate him. Yeah, man. The man is super talented though. Yeah. So but we gotta keep we gotta keep him level headed because he just he already knows it. That's the person you hate that's good and know they're good. And right. now he got the hardware to show it. But right, man, right. proud of him, bro. A thousand percent. The good thing about RC is that, you know, I don't think he would get his head, his head won't get big. I think it'll be more of he'll try to get us on his page, get us to where he is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think he's done that mm -hmm. since we all got together. Yeah. You know, I think he has made each of us better. Mm -hmm. You know, a little bit more on a is journalistic side. Is journal yeah. journalistic? Is he, that a he, word? He looks at, but he looks at media from all angles, and that's the crazy part. That's right. the why he's where he, where he is because he knows the analyst side, but he looks at the, the back of it. He likes the cameras. He likes the editing. He just right. knows it, and that's right. why I know how he's gonna approach it. Say he's gonna approach it. One's already in the books. Right now he's going for number two. It's a real life pivot because people got a chance to see the. the oh. Sorry, sir. My God! <laughs> Sorry, sir. Hey, you don't, don't, don't just walk on. You don't, you don't need to walk on regular floor. Okay. Is that, is that what it is? Yeah, you is don't need to walk on. You don't need to walk on regular floor. Francis shot the wrong way. You don't need to walk on regular floor. Hey, Mr. Clark. What's up, man? Francis, how you hey. shot it? I ain't getting no directions, man. Oh, man. Whoever would have thought he came out of the. We got the confetti. I think it comes out the bottom, Freddie T. The, the big side. <laughs> oh! Hey, hey. Go, go. Damn, Chan, we gotta clean up. We gotta keep cleaning up. We got confetti. Oh! Chan, your pool is <laughs> sucking the side of your pool. Your vacuum is sucking the side of your pool. Hey, your, your pool oh. is queefing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hold up. Limitless. Take a simic cap pin in it. I thought they here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. Knowing me, I got the key. On the vision, I can trust. Trust. Limitless. Take a simic cap pin in it. I thought they here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. Knowing me, I got the key. You can keep this, man. Thank you very much, man. That's I, for you, brother. I appreciate y'all boys, man. That's for you, man. Job well done, man. Thank hey, you, you, man. you. You changed? What's up? You, you're a different person now? No, man. No. I, went, I just came back from all inclusive. I want to end to get you. Hey, that's, that's, I know. <laughs> See, I was... That's crazy, though, bro. I can't say that had I not won it, it would have mattered. I don't think that that part matters. Um, being rewarded the Emmy, though, matters in the sense of like the work being recognized. I think that's the, that's for sure the blessing in it. But the rest of it is the rest. I don't believe it validates or invalidates anybody who was up for the award. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think had my name not been called, you guys would have thought any less of my work or my efforts. I also don't think in having my name called, you think more of it. Like the feeling that it gave you when I did it is still the same, but it is the acknowledgement that the way other people will perceive it now 
in the way that they'll categorize the work. But I do want to say this because we, as the pivot, we don't we didn't get to be up for any Emmys. For whatever the reasons are, we don't have the the qualifications. But when I'm sitting there and I'm watching the nominees, we definitely did work that should get us those sort of accolades, to get us those sort of achievements, those sort of opportunities. And I do want to say this because I didn't get to tell y'all, I know that I got an award working at ESPN, but that's part of what we do too. People got to see me differently because y'all made that call. People got to see me differently because y'all gave me this opportunity. And outside of that, there have been no three people, Alicia included, who have supported me more than y'all. And honestly, the way that y'all talk about me publicly, but more so even privately in acknowledging my work and saying that I'm capable, like those things matter. Alicia to helping with my video with ESPN, my bio, you know what I mean? Like she was more or as much of a part of it as anybody at ESPN. So to y'all three, bro, I, I can't thank y'all enough. I am extremely grateful. So before you keep going and we know you're good at it, we're going to pivot real quick, right? We want to give you your flowers. So you can stop giving us flowers. This is about you giving you your flowers. And this is a, a moment of celebration. And earlier when I was uh, when I was at church and it's crazy that we said we would meet and do a three man show. You know, we always stated that we wanted the pivot to be, you know, known as a, an amazing podcast, but also known or remind the people that the three of us, we can drive our show. You know, we love our guests. Obviously, the, peop the, the people that follow us, they love our guests. But when we set out to do this thing, it was us. In a moment of, you know, celebration, we're celebrating you, celebrating Emmy Wynn. We're gonna always celebrate our show. At, at church earlier, they talked about, in celebration, you have to reflect on the past. You have to define those moments that led to celebration, right? And aside from that, RC, man, you know, I just wanted to personally tell you that you know, I admire you as a father, Appreciate you know, that. as a friend from undrafted 13-year NFL career to a pro bowler. You know, you got on ESPN, just kind of, you know, I overheard you on the call in there a moment ago saying you weren't even supposed to really be there, but you took advantage of your moment. Uh, one of the hardest working people we know, you know, from your disciplines, you know, when you said, all right, I'm gonna stop drinking, I'm gonna, you know, take care of my health, I'm gonna do things differently. Just being able to look at that and how you model yourself, uh, I think that we've all taken something from your book. So I wanna take a second, me, from me, Chan, to you, from Alicia, and give you your flowers. Man, thank Not you. just for the Emmy, but no. honestly, for the person that you are, man, um, I'm glad that we selected you or not. <laughs> yeah, y'all picked no, me. I'm glad that. <laughs> y'all picked me. No. He finally got drafted. He finally. got drafted. He got, <laughs> but, but I'm glad that you were, you know, willing to come on and say, yeah. You know, with that, bro, uh, big salute. Thank you. Uh, like Marvin Sapp, we never would have made it without you. So, nah, man, man. Uh, big up, bro. Appreciate Real it. Real shit. Appreciate it. To Fred's point, too, man, it's the, what they say, uh, what's done uh, outside of the lights. And that's what people don't see about you. And that's what you talk about us talking about you. Like when people ask me, because everybody always, for some reason we laugh about it, where people see us and be like, 
Where's Ryan? Where's Fred? <laughs> like we always together. <laughs> you think we live together? <laughs> we do the show, but when they do, and you know, you really get a chance to sit down and talk to people, and people, you can tell when somebody genuinely wants to know about y'all, or they just fans. And when they do, one of the first things I say about you every time, I was like, you don't understand how hard this man works. Like when he's on, like when he knows about the fights, when he knows about the game, when he knows about the 13th play of a football game, when he's breaking out, like he's went back and done research on this. This is not easy what he does. When you're riding to do a pivot show, but you're doing research for your ESPN stuff, or you're, you know, saying when vice versa, when you're always working and always just getting ed- like getting educated and getting more information. And that's what I try to take. And Fred said that I try to take from you. Right. So the, the notes thing, you always take notes. You always got your little damn Kindle or whatever out. <laughs> And if you if you notice, I, I always had a notepad too, and it kind of it kind of started dying down. My notepad would come maybe every other show, and then watching you take notes and watching you always want to just have information. As you see, I pick my notepad back up. I got my notepad going more. So to Fred's point, man, it's it's uh it's it's cool to see that you can thrive at something at such a high level in the league, Super Bowl winner, Pro Bowler and take that same effort to everything else you do in life, bro. And like knowing your children, knowing your family, knowing what you got going, like it, it's inspiring as hell to see the drive that you have. And actually I know where it comes from. We talk enough, I've met, your, I met yeah. your family, I met your people, I know where that drive comes from, but to see it put into action like you do, cause there's people that work hard and there's people that work smart. I think you do both. <laughs> and that's something that a lot of people can't say, bro. Hey, but man. real talk, man. Thank you, man. <sighs> yeah. I got you another one. <laughs> <laughs> Round two. Round two. Round bro. two. Hey, I'm gonna keep this one on display. But I wanna, I wanted to take the other one and, and put it on the front of my Toyota Tundra and have a Timmy. <laughs> Just put it on. We got a question for you, Arjun. We got a question for you. Um, before the sh- before you sat down, and I know you didn't know any of this nah, is going on. Cool, though. Right? Uh, and that's the pivot. Uh, <laughs> how are you gonna cut the room now? Before you say you cut the room in <laughs> half, how are you gonna la- cut the room now? Nah, man, y'all allowed in the room. You know, the best thing about this show is those levels and those sorts of banter between us are just us. You know what I mean? Like that's the the fun part. But I did get the feeling of being so grateful. For this year, for sure, because like this year was a year that everything kind of fell into place for me, and and that included us, but also, bro, like just the whole ride, you know. Like I got to think back to the beginning of it. Like LSU put out a post, and it had my picture for when I played safety there. You know what I'm saying? Like I remember that little dude, and I thought that guy could really speak, and I thought he was great in interviews. And I went back, and I've heard some of those interviews, and I was terrible. You know, but even at that time, like, I just thought I was so cold because I was comparing myself to everybody. Like, that's the good thing, man. Ain't no comparisons here. I will say this, you know, you mentioned working and I want to get off this because it's kind of weird being complimented so much. Uh, Um, And I've said this out loud before. I do not have a passion for media. I don't. Like, I don't have a passion for TV. I don't want to be a TV star. I don't want to be famous, any of those things. And I think early on in my career, it hurt me because I was competing against people who did want that. I was competing against people who that was, that was their goal, right? They wanted to be famous and they wanted to be stars and they wanted to win these awards. Like I never looked at it that way. Like I just wanted to work, like, and I just wanted to grind. And too, like I was the dude that had the first contract as an active player. Like I was actually special in that realm. I had never been special in my life. 
Yeah. Like, truly. You know what I mean? Like, you mentioned being undrafted. Like, that was the way I always had something to be pissed off about when I played football. Like, I always had something to work for. And in TV, I didn't really have that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was kind of, I was kind of expected to at least be good or be okay at it because I had put in some work before everybody else. And I remember, man, it's probably two occasions in my career that have really helped me. Stephen A a few years ago was asked who the next stars were. Who would be the next Stephen A's? And he said, Marcus Spears and Chris Canty. Both dudes I love, right? Like Swag, like I want Swagoo to win every award he wants to. I want Swagoo to be famous because I actually love him. Like that's my friend, right? Chris Canty, I think he's great on TV. And when he said it, I didn't have an issue with it. My thought was, it should have been three names, right? But it wasn't Stephen A's fault. It wasn't Marcus's fault. It wasn't Chris's fault. It was my fault. Because clearly, I'm not doing something. There's something that I'm missing out on that's not making me noticeable, right? And I said it that day. And no disrespect to the big bro, I love Stephen A. I said, I'm going to be better than Marcus. I'm going to be better than Chris. And I'm going to outwork Stephen A too, right? Because like that's I need those things. You know what I'm saying? They picked NFL Live. I, and you know, man, I talk about Laura, Mina, Marcus, Dan constantly. I think they are phenomenal. Being on TV with them makes me work harder because I don't want to be the dude who don't know his stuff. I don't want to be the dude that's not contributing. But it mattered to me that they didn't pick me for that show, right? It mattered to me that the only reason I got on NFL Live was because Dan had to go to college, colleges on Fridays and prepare for the Saturday show. That meant something to me. Oh, again, you got to make your pick and I ain't the one? Cool. It took me back to 02 and being undrafted. First take, remember like when they switched up, when Max was gone, they got the pick days. And, every, and people had a day, like so-and-so had Monday, so-and-so had Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You know what I had? I had the back half of Tebow day. Right? I remember one time they asked me, hey, can you come on in the first hour? Because that was Tebow hour, and I was on the back half. And I was like, hell no. That's Tebow hour. I'm not doing it. You know, but like those things, man, and like, like I don't want to be like, how, and God, guys, I'm not comparing myself to Jordan. I don't want to be that guy. Right? I want to be the guy that's like, and that's why I was just so thankful and so grateful for everybody. And I wanted to just say thank you to everyone. That's why I wanted to come over here. And I was talking so long in the beginning because I wanted to thank y'all because without y'all, and I, I said it there, I know it's because part of it is because of what we are doing. But like all those small moments, bro, like along the way was like, yeah, I got y'all. Like, I see it. I feel you. Like, you ain't got to tell me twice. Like you said, I don't want to compare myself to Jordan, but there's, there's people that get angry and get, you know, and get, like, like get slighted, and they take that as motivation to do something and really put work in. And that's the thing, when I'm hearing you talk, it's like, hey, I didn't like that, but I'm gonna do something about it. I didn't like that, but I'm gonna do something about it. Where some people just get mad and sit in anger and sit in upset and sit in, you know, the world is, the you know, I didn't get a break. Where you take those and actually do something about it to improve your chances of getting the next opportunity. And that's what I think, Honestly, you bring up Jordan and Kobe. That's why I think greatness is created, of taking anything that you is not the way you want it and making it what you want it to be. But also going further, Chan, in his speech, he spoke about, you know, when the nomination came about, not even being really caring about being nominated, but because he was nominated, he wanted to win it. 
You know, and that's the attitude and mindset I think you have to carry. But, but before we get off this real quick, I do want to ask you three things. I had three questions to ask you. Did you ever envision yourself winning an Emmy through sports journalism? And describe that moment when your name was called. So no, I never envisioned it. I think I try to minimize opportunities for disappointment. Mm. You know, I try to focus on what I can control, mm -hmm. right? And so to backtrack a little bit to your point, Chan, I wasn't, I didn't put the work in, so I felt that I got the next opportunity. I put the work in so it didn't matter if I got the next opportunity. Like, I put the work in so I don't have to care about the subjective opinion that made you not choose me. I know I was prepared. I know I, I know I grinded. I know I was ready to work. I did my absolute best. I was proud of the work. You made a different choice. I studied all week. I did all my treatment. I drank all my water. I ate the right way. Randy Moss caught a bomb on me. I'm okay to go home and live in that. That was why I did the work. And as far as envisioning it, Freddie T, it was like, you know, like people from ESPN in my job don't win a lot. Right. You know, and even when I was nominated, bro, Charles, Shaq, Kenny, Nate, Verducci, like all of these dudes are dudes. Yeah. And Jay Billis. You know, like all of these were dudes. Actually, the guy that was going to accept Jay's award was sitting next to me. And he was like, if Jay wins it, don't trip me. And I, I was like, I'm not, I'm not gonna trip you. But, and so I got, like, even after being nominated, it was almost, to me, like the sense of recognition. When I found out, I called my mom to tell her and she was, she was really excited. And I just called her to thank her for walking, for me walking in the kitchen and hearing her talking to Miss Ivasevich on the phone saying, well, we could pay 130 this week and we could pay 124 this week and we could pay this and mm. I could go take my check to the cash place. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like I knew like my parents struggled to pay that $400 a month to send me to Catholic school because they wanted me to get a better education. You know, and so like it was more that moment for me. And when they called my name, it was it was cool because when I got on stage, Mike Tarico shook my hand and told me I deserved it. And like the other thing that was really good, and, and I would guess that when people win an award or receive an award like that, you don't reach out to them and tell them they shouldn't have won it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't, you don't be like, hey man, you know what? I ain't gonna lie, dog. I'm glad you won that, but shit, you shouldn't have. <laughs> Hold up, you lucky some bitch. <laughs> right, right, you know what I'm saying? I, you know, and we can move on, but the people that reached out to me weren't all people I talked to a lot you know, or who I work with a lot. And everybody said I deserved it. And all the people said that it was good to see some, someone win it who they thought went about it the right way. And the last question, RC, really, uh, I don't know if you've seen a few of my posts the last couple of days, but sending you your congratulations and giving you your flowers, I post about our team, yep. you know, Channing talked about half of the team has <laughs> Emmys. 50% of us got Emmys, and it ain't us. Uh, but Alicia's behind the cameras, and a lot of people don't know that she has, I think, a dozen plus one Well, she Emmys? has, yeah, she has 13. She 13. only claims 11. Okay, so 
She has 13, which means you have a whole dozen left to catch her. So <laughs> my no question is this. Ain't can no, it be ain't done? No catching her. That's my nah, question. That's like, hey, that's like asking, that's asking the, the Tom Brady question, right? Can, yeah. can anybody get seven? Um, I think, though, for sure, her, her expertise and understanding the awards, that really helped me. Mm. You know, people at ESPN, Lydell, who's my producer on ESPN, was able to reach out to her, was able to make sure, you know, my bio was clean, was able to make sure the video matched what was said in the bio. And I think all those things matter. Or having mm. somebody like her continue to say your names in the right circle right. with the right people. And we've been very honest on this show that, because people always, they want to know the secret sauce, no. right? I get it all the time. Like, why is you, like, how can we make our podcast good? Hell, we don't know. We just talk. Like, legitimately, we just talk. You know what I mean? Like, that's what we do. And then, like, there are people who will claim to be, like, these geniuses of, I changed this, I changed that, I changed this. You're a mother effing lie. Like, you didn't come up with that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so I think that what she's been able to do in, you know, for her, it's almost two careers, her first career in NFL films, All Access, and now moving over to podcasting has truly just helped us elevate and become who we are as, as a show. And I will say this, man, being in that room, what it did, Chan and Fred, it just made me want to, like, work more. It's made me want to create more. It's made me want to be better. Bryant Gumbel got the Lifetime Achievement Award, man. And they were just showing, he had a reel, like his reels from age 25 to 74. So you know how long that is. Like he had a fro at one point, like a, a baby shag at another point. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and bro, the dude didn't stumble over a word in any reel. You know, he got a lame nickname, No Stumble Gumble, but <laughs> you know, really like that's, and like I just think, you know, those are the things I aspire to do, but it truly is, man, about our show. When you think about where we've come from, what we've done, and even if you go back and watch our earlier shows that people enjoyed, that we got a ton of acclaim for, we weren't even that good. Like individually, I wasn't as good as I am now. You weren't, you weren't. Like it's, it's been so much growth, but even that at that point was like what people were as aspiring to be. And so my challenge for myself, for you two, for Leash, Mike, Ario, Ave, everybody that shoots, everybody that works with us is like, okay, like what's the next step? You know what I'm saying? Like everybody, we're the Golden State Warriors to me, right? Like if you make a show now, if you're an athlete who does a podcast, this is what you want to be, right? We're the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm -hmm. You feel me? Like when you when you drafted in the AFC, what you say? I need a quarterback and I need somebody that can rush the passer. Why? Because you got to go get 15. Yeah. Like that's what we got to do, man. Like we got to keep working. Think about what we did two or three weeks ago. We we hop out the car in LA. Think me and Chan got in late. And Gilly and Wallow yeah. run up. First off, too, man. Shout out million dollars worth of game. Yeah. Gilly and Wallow, bruh, y'all be everywhere we are and more, and we know we travel and work. All respect to both of you, man, and what you guys are doing in the space, in the podcast game. I think you guys are taking it to another level too with all of your behind the scenes content, just truly, truly, uh, you know, blazing a different path here as we are trying to do, man. So salute to y'all. 
But we hop out, we see Gilly and Wallow. It's after midnight. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We wake up, we go wait for the rock. Three hours we there. He walks in, we ready to roll. Yep. We shoot the show, move the furniture, right? Grab the cameras, get out, and we at Snoop spot. The decision we're making is, do we put Snoop out the week after you put out the rock? Like that's where this is. And then also on the other side, man, like figuring out, yeah, but we also have to do shows like Solomon Thomas because that's our core. Like our core is to impact, our core is to affect and help and move people. And those things matter to us more than the numbers. When you think about those chain, like the start of it to now, especially those two shows, those weeks, what sticks out the most to you? Well, first, you be always running away from all your success and all your love and all that. Bruh, we got some cigars for you. Oh, and this is, this is, yes, we're going to celebrate. But I think it's a point to be made here is oh, that. Man, this is dope, man. It ain't hard. It ain't tough. It ain't masculine. It ain't that to act all crazy about another man's success. Right. You bring up grinding together, bro, I teared up when I saw the video. AZ said it to me first. I teared up. I'm like, damn. I think more people need to celebrate others, especially men, especially black men, because you always talk about how you got to work two times as hard to get half the, you know, half the respect, and then you win. And I say this to people all the time. Celebrate your wins. Because now, like you're saying, I understand the grind and the push, but you try, you work so hard to get somewhere, then you get celebrated, or then you get rewarded, and now you go back to working to get another one. Celebrate. And I know I'm a part of it, so I love to sell. I celebrate the damn sun coming out. But I don't think we celebrate each other enough, and I don't think people celebrate their wins. You dwell on, everybody dwells on losses. If you win, oh, it's supposed to happen. Yep. Why can't point, you dwell man. on a win like you dwell on a loss? Wow, that's and, a bro, point. you are damn winning right now, and we love to know you. Be a part of your damn realm, bro. So, man, thank you, bro. Man. Real talk, man. It's big time. Yeah, it's so awkward. <laughs> take it, brother. It's, it's, take I mean, it, man. I think maybe y'all could help me or just the, the conversation is a good one. I did the same thing with the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? I am definitely like a small wins guy. And I think that's almost a defense mechanism against not getting the big wins. You know, it, it's made me really good with adversity. It's made me really good with accepting loss or not accepting a certain level of success. It's also made me very bad at celebrating things. You know, um, you always mess with me about being sick, sickly. Yeah, you're sickly. You know, but I don't really celebrate birthdays but I do celebrate every day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I try to put a certain level of effort into every day because I realized I'm, I, I was at a point where tomorrow wasn't necessarily promised, right? So the whole year is cool, but it's like, man, today is excellent. Today is, is, is great. We do our work, we do our shows, and that was kind of why I made the video because I don't think people understood my week. Like what a week of work is like for me during the season. Um, it was also to acknowledge those people who were a part of it, but it's like the work week is difficult. The work week is stacked. But that's the part I enjoy. Like having people say like, oh, you're so great at it. I, I, I will say it matters from you two, right? Because I care about both of y'all. 
But I try not to get caught up in the outside world saying it because as they build me up, if I fall into loving that and taking that personally, now when they beat on me, sometimes when I don't deserve it, I take that personally too. And I just don't want, I just don't want to be that. But yeah, man, like I celebrate this and my way of celebrating it, you know, excuse my language, is to just keep kicking their ass. Wow. You know what I mean? Like I was ready to get back here today to be like, all right, let's start working. Like I'm trying to figure out what we gonna do this week. There will be some super, there's some superstars in the world right now with DMs from me. I'm like, hey, hey, yeah. hey, on stage, I said, uh, Nate, we've been waiting on you. <laughs> Kenny, I talked to you in the back. Yeah, yeah. JJ, you know you've been acting funny. Channing. <laughs> Roly poly. You can't unplug Roly poly from the other side? Can't unplug Roly poly. Roly poly on some. Hey. Hey, bro, this is a, <laughs> this is like a thousand dollars worth of game. <laughs> that we, we're doing right now. Hey. Roly, roly up out of there real quick. Oh, that's Chan, is, are, you, are you even, Chan, I think that's not supposed that's to gonna be. That's going to come up out of there. Done, Chan. Chan, that's not going to stay in there, bro. It might. Oh, wait. But the th it's sucky in there. That thing's sucky. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah, true. That's, that's sucky. True. You know about sucky, don't you? <laughs> you know, I've, pause, been, pause, I've, been, pause. I've been around some um, some talented individuals. <laughs> Bro, um, can we get off of me now? I'm really uncomfortable. Why don't you? But you, why, why don't you like it? I mean, it's it's all good. No, we're gonna be on you, but off you, but on you, because <laughs> well, since like this is a celebration, we're talking about reflecting the past, right? You talked about DMs. I want to reflect on this. We were in Vegas, and you got a DM from a total stranger about our guy sleeping on the slot machines in yeah, Vegas. I'll wait on the slot machine to get hot. <laughs> <laughs> you were slobbing on it? What, like, in what way? In what way? So we reflected on the past yeah, in yeah. celebration. That is, that's a top five off-camera pivot moment. So, yeah. so, I mean, but Chan, what in the fuck? Sometimes life take over. <laughs> and you just, you there. Like, y'all don't ever see like, you know, like you're not really in your body. Like life done took over and you just kind of rolled through. Now what happened? I was tired, slot machine. Put and about 40 in there. I'm like, this $50 going to work. I was just waiting out. <laughs> and the good thing is, it, it goes to speak to what people think about us, you know, our show. Because the DM probably went sort of like, how did it go? They didn't want us to lose uh, our show. Uh, Chance gonna ruin it all. <laughs> I think was the Chance down his sleep. He's gonna ruin it all. Don't let him do it. I think was the the DM. It's uh. I don't know if that is worse than me and Chan sharing one piece of pizza oof. on the floor at the High Rollers Lounge. Oof, yeah. oof, oof. But you know what? Too I blame that on our show not being respected at that point. Because if you remember, the only reason we were even hanging out is because people kept ditching us yeah. from doing the show. Yeah. We were supposed to be working. Mm -hmm. And because we couldn't work, we decided we were going to drink our sorrows away. <laughs> we we, we sure drank a lot of sorrows we away. We drank a lot of sorrows. Did you wake me up to eat the pizza? Because I remember I fell asleep. Yeah, you were no. sleeping. Yep. The pizza came. And I knocked you. Hey, man, you want something to eat? I, honestly, how it happened was I got the pizza 
And I think somebody got it for AZ or somebody at the Aria got it yep. for us. And I got a pizza, and I kind of saw you sitting there, and we both had a couple drinks, multiple couples, <laughs> couple, couple, couples. And I was like, damn, I ain't get RC no pizza. And I was like, hey, man, you want some pizza? And you got up and saw the pizza, and I think you assumed it was the pizza <laughs> no. I was speaking of for you. Yeah. So then you bit the pizza. <laughs> And in my state of mind, I'm like, this motherfucker's not taking all of my pizza. <laughs> so I grabbed a piece out your hand and bit the other side. And then and for the next 10 minutes, we just, we ate, just the ate the same piece of pizza. Ate the same piece and of then you, you got into the conversation about RC having a wallet on the chain. With the zipper. <clears throat> with His the wallet zipper. has a zipper a wallet and a, a zipper chain on it. On it. <laughs> you, know, I lost my, you know, I lost my little lanyard. It's a lanyard, by the way. Lanyard. It's, and it, it only zips so that way your cards and your money don't fall out. What are you, skydiving? No. That's like a square pocketbook. He got, okay. a, he got a clutch. That's <laughs> it's called like a clutch. It's, no, it's, it's a, it's a <laughs> wallet. A wallet on chain. It's, it's a lanyard, <laughs> fellas. It's leather. That's a it's Louis, not a chain. A male Louis wallet on chain. <laughs> First is off, it a crossbody? It's, no, I'm bigger than that, Fred. I'm too no, big for it to fit no, in a, a freaking crossbody. Yeah. The pockets of the wallets get loose. Right, and your cards will slip out. So that's what the zipper is for. Don't go I, no zip on that wallet. I am also forgetful. Mm -hmm. Right, and so it kept it just like, instead of just like keeping it in my pocket all the time, I would just, you could just wrap it around your wrist or something and hold it. Wait, it is kind of like a pocketbook. It's kind of like a pocketbook. I'm glad you came to the conclusion that you got a clutch. A clutch. But yeah. You know what, the funny thing, even hearing these stories, it's, who we are and what we're capable of, where we're capable to get into. Because even these people have the high roller room, we just go in the high roller rooms and they, they know, they recognize our faces and we just walk around there. But we're still just three crazy folks that, you know, probably shouldn't be in there to be we honest. We also never play in there. Maybe Fred plays sometimes. Shout out to Flanagan, yeah. my guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know if this is a violation, but I love you, brother. You know. <laughs> no, seriously, uh, and, and you talked about being in those moments waiting to, you know, for our, our potential guests to get back to us, just being patient. We get the call, we go make it happen. But even those times when we do get the call, and I don't know if we talked about this on camera, but I remember one of the, the, the best days we had as a show, right? We started about 5 a.m., jetted to Atlanta, and we did an amazing show <laughs> with Candace Parker, man. By the way, guys, you've never seen that show? And you, I don't, we is. don't know if you ever will. You know, I don't. It's done, though. Yeah, and, you know, we talk about people that stood us up, but this one we got. And we were so excited because we, 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 we were young in the show, <laughs> and we hustled, and we went there, and we hopped on a flight, got back to Miami, and like two people canceled and we ended up doing three that came out beautiful. And one of my favorite, Michael Beasley, uh, since we've been shooting our show. And that day was just weird, but it was, it falls in one of my favorite moments on the show because that was the first time we got up that early to fly to go do a show that early. And it was like 30 degrees. Yeah. And I had an outside. fucking Kobe Bryant <laughs> <laughs> jersey. Why do we talk? This is the thing though. What adult man wears the jersey without a shirt underneath it? I was showing these guns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Had his arms out. Every time you start working out for two weeks, now you gotta take his shirt off or take his sleeves no, off. It you takes what, me. You know what he does do every time he starts working out? Take that taco meat picture on his story, though. That's it. I haven't hey, done hey, that. Hey, stop taking your shirt off on social media. I don't take as, my shirt off. As a friend, hey, I'm Chad, telling you. 
Hey, Chan. When my shit get right, I'm going to take my but shit off. Why he hold his mouth like this every time he do the, the one on the story? <laughs> he always, he always, he always, tell me I'm lying, no chat. Every it, time it, he it got his mouth. Yeah, he, he, he has his mouth. It, it takes a friend. No, he has yeah. his mouth almost closed, hey, but I, it's open. I, <laughs> Nobody want to see that. I friend. appreciate the critique. No, you know what? So it goes back to what we were talking about in there. You know, um, I try to work out when I get, I get in my moments where I got to get it in. And then I have moments I just fall off, right? <laughs> but going back to Chan and this old man shit. You don't Chan, like that, I don't like it, brother. Because you old. Because I'm not old. I'm seasoned. Yes. Stop saying I'm old, bro. You, you, you marinated a long time. Because it's chronological. That's, you can't get rid of that. And it's biological. That's mm -hmm. the mindset. Like, I take care of myself. I want to challenge you to a push-up competition on this fucking camera <laughs> right now. You know, we're not, Channing doesn't care. About I can't that. do a push. I I honestly probably can't do ten push-ups. You know what? Never mind. I got the footage from Nashville. Oh, what I get? That's eight? another good yeah. moment. Seven to eight? You did like four. That was terrible. You did I four. I don't do that. It's time for legends to be made. It's the NBA Finals, but our partners over at DraftKings. Their finals happen all year round. And right now, any new customer using the promo code PIVOT, if you make any bet for $5, you get $200 in bonus bets. Pull out your mobile devices, download DraftKings Sports app. You might not be on the floor at the finals, but you can feel like you got on the floor money. <laughs> and you talk about these legends. So we watching legends, and you know what team's going to win, and somebody's going to carry them there. Exposure leads to expansion. Always. I'm going to expose you to same game parlays today. <laughs> you bet on an over on that player, knowing he's going to carry the team. Bet on the team, same game parlay, have a chance of winning even more money on that bet. Hey, and check this out. The sports book is not everywhere, but don't worry. Just pull this little thing out and use DraftKings Daily Fantasy and make you some daily cash. It's simple. Hey, like Freddie said, man, pull this little thing out and download DraftKings Sportsbook. Back to the show. <laughs> We've been having a great time. I have a serious question. You've been parenting alone for how many days? Uh, three, going on three. Would yeah. you say parenting alone is difficult? Extremely hard. Okay. Kim Kardashian recently Oof. said that she cries herself to sleep wondering if she's a good parent and that being a single parent is very difficult, that her decisions and those different things um, can affect the kids and she's having, she sometimes has a hard time with it. There's been a lot of backlash and then some love and support given to her because there's the single mom with five kids, without the butler, without the maid, without the help, without all of these things, that finds a way to make it work with her three jobs. And that mom may cry too. Yeah. And she probably does, mm -hmm. but nobody cares. And yeah. let's be honest, like if she said that, people would more so point to her bad decisions or whatever they felt put her in that position. They wouldn't give her the sympathy or the empathy that some may be trying to give Kim Kardashian, but there has been that pushback. When you heard that statement from her, what did you think? And first off, we can't mansplain. We will never be single mothers ever yeah. in life. We will never give birth to children, but we, all three of us are fathers. Yeah. Honestly, I think about the single mother I know, Pauline Pope, my mother that raised three kids from, you know, having two jobs, grinding, 
and knowing what it takes, and it's hard. It's hard. I'll be like you said, I've been doing it three days. I don't enjoy it. The house is a damn mess because that nuclear family is needed. I think that raised the best kids. But what I think about her saying it, I laugh. You have too many resources. It's not hard on you. It's not. I know what my mom went through. I know us eating, going to Checkers, and having $5 to feed three kids, and getting three burgers, two fries, y'all got to share the fries, and now you better drink that water at the house. Like, I seen that. So for her to say she tries herself to sleep, all of us question if we're doing a good job. All of us, all our kids are going to fail at things. All our kids are going to get in trouble. All our kids are going to get into things. And then you kind of think about what have I done wrong? What have I not accomplished or, or, or articulated to this child? But you're happy. Yeah. And I'm a happy dad, Freddie. Yeah. I, I, I see you. I see I know what you wanted. But what have I not done for this child? But to sit and cry yourself to sleep, that's a, that's a victim. Do you think, though, that stress also challenges adversity is relative because you also have to think about this and this is the outside looking in i don't know how much work kim kardashian has put into earning her wealth mm -hmm. i don't know the level of manual labor she has done parenting in any form isn't actual manual labor yeah. parenting you got you know she talks about refereeing the arguments and picking who who won whether you debate how she is parenting or what her ways are, like that is hands-on. For someone who I would guess isn't very hands-on in that manner in many things in her life, yeah. right? And so now the pass and fail of those situations is so different than any pass and fail that she has to deal with now. To you and, and me and Chan, like that's the everyday of life, not just parenting, right? right? Like, I, like I watch my, like, I was raised by my mother and my father, and I watched it, and I was taught this is how it works, right? They come first. They, if they don't eat, you for sure eat. And if everybody's eating, they eat first. Like, that was the, the things I was taught. Like, you take care of them. But it could, it could be different, especially when not seeing it. And, like, when you hear it, Freddie, and you think about how difficult parenting can be, how much empathy do you have for for her? Or do you believe, too, like, hey, man, suck it up, buttercup, that's life. <laughs> that's funny. I want to push back on Chan first, talking about the nuclear family. That He said that the within the nuclear family, they have the best kids. <clears throat> no, I said, I, I said that, I think that is a, the most successful way to have the two parents, not even, and to be honest, I'll be honest, not even woman, man, you know, whatever you decide to do, but just having two grown people because I've seen, even through my mom, is that you kind of you kind of get, it's you, that way. When you're a single parent, it's no that balance. way. There's no balance. It's this way. And I like, I think the best kids or the better approach to raising a child is that you have two people that can sit down away from the kids, speak about topics, and have a, have think, a, have a, have a, a joint way to deal with those child's topics. I think that's the ideal approach. Yeah. You know what we would all probably look at. That's what we've been sort of raised to, to, to view as the perfect situation or a situation that might might um, allow for the best outcome. Wh whatever that outcome is, we have seen examples of you know uh, individuals that come from single family, whether male or female. We've seen a lot of great success stories. You know, in our sport. In life and politics, you know, et cetera, all across the board. In terms of whether I have empathy for Kim or whether I would want to say suck it up, buttercup, 
RC, I, I really think that um, people have moments, mm-hmm. right? You have moments where she can look at those situations in which those moments in which she's crying, you know, and she might view them as maybe I failed somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I envision this, this beautiful life with myself and a husband, with our children, mm-hmm. and maybe those are moments that make her cry. I don't know if it's always the stresses from the kids, because kids are tough. Teenagers, a lot of times, are tougher. You know, so she, I don't think she's hit her stride yet, quite yet, because it's only gonna get tougher, you know. Um, but, you know, I do empathize with her, you know, to a certain extent. But also, uh, uh, having been raised by my grandmother, because my mom had me at a young age, she was 15 years old when she, uh, when she had me, so I saw both of them struggle. Seeing them struggle makes me wanna say, Kim, Let's go. You got to be strong for those children. You know, cry, but let's keep going. Keep doing your thing. And, you know, I, so I I think she's going to be fine. Yes, you know, she's, she's going to be rich. fine. Yeah. She's going to be fine. She's gonna, Listen, but, but sometimes Fred, money Fred, doesn't Fred, change. Fred, parents. Pressure makes diamonds and pressures bust pipes. She has no callus because she's been a rich little, you know, trust fund baby her whole you life. You got to say love. That's what she is. Why you gotta say? Little? Well, I think though, I think the the other piece of it is too. It's not necessarily about, like to me, it's not about whether she cries or not. Like cry, like everybody cries. Right. It's more so about how something like that said from her position is perceived by people who have so much less. And I don't even mean money. Money, obviously, you know, people always say that money can't buy happiness, but it helps buy you things that keeps you from being as depressed. Yes, 100%. right. But just not, it's not about the money, but it's about the resources. It's about the the help. It's about the opportunity. It's about the certain freedoms that a ton of parents don't have. And what I will agree with you on is there's no pushback or there's no debating that good kids and good humans, good adults can come from all sorts of backgrounds as far as being raised, whether it's being fostered care or or adopted or one parent, whatever it is. But I will say from a parent's perspective, I do think having the format of two people parenting helps because it's like anything else in life. It takes something off of me, right? On on a day that I'm tired and I want to rest, if she or he could take the kid to school, that takes something off of me. If I've been beat up all day and them two little dummies is arguing, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? And I don't have it in me to to deal with the argument. Okay, this one's your turn, right? right? Or when the baby wakes up late at night, no, I can't breastfeed, I'll go get the baby. I'll warm the bottle. Like those, just the, the stressors of that. But it's really cool, like what kids can do whether you're a parent in the sense of a Kim Kardashian or in who I now believe is the best player in the world, Nikola Jokic. He was asked how parenting has helped him become a better basketball player. And he said none. And I loved it because he was being honest. And he also doesn't have like any of these niceties that I think we're taught to have as Americans in the way that we address the media, right? Because so many times like we're like, we have learned that the impactful, the inspirational thing we say moves people, right? And say, like, you know, being a parent, man, I, the long nights have taught me that I miss it on that. And he was like, nah. But he did say what it taught me was basketball is not the most important thing in my life. Mm-hmm. So the question I would have for y'all is, 
we have kind of been taught, and you see it with Tom Brady, we've kind of learned through experience that the only way to be the greatest or best at doing something is to make that the only priority. Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, all of these people who we revere not only for championships, but approach to championships, especially as Americans, we're that way. And hearing Nikola Jokic say, no, nah, it's not my top priority. But then to go watch him, can't jump over a wet, smushed hamburger, right? Can't, right? Run up the court, slow as hell, yes. and that be killing. Oh. I'm talking about just a walking triple-double. How do you think hearing him say that and now seeing him dominate and maybe become an NBA champion can change the perspective on the way people approach their priorities as it comes to sports? I don't really see the correlation, you know, or how much he would affect that. I just think people get in the trenches and do the best that they can do. So I don't mean to cut you off. I, have, I want to ask, add a question to that, though. Yeah. How many times have we heard this? Now that I got my baby, it's about him. Now that, I, you, now, now that, now that, 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 that's my why, right? Like, because it's, that's a way to incorporate, like, you're incorporating both now, right? They're, they're both a priority, but now that has made this different. I think we all create something to use as motivation, right? You know, my, I was raised by my grandmother, majorly, uh, growing up. So my motivation always was, I wanted to make sure I, go, I went out there, I competed, and I, and I got my grandmother a house. I wanted to play for her. And, and, and then I had my son and my daughter. And I said, those first two children, they were my motivation. You know, so my grandmother was still part of that. And then I think my family as a whole became my motivation. But when I'm out there in the, between that chalk, running from Chan and, and trying to make you miss, I'm not thinking about them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm thinking about my motivation is I'm trying to bust your ass and go and score. <laughs> Pause. And I'm trying to do something to you so I can go and score so we can win. That's my motivation is competing on a high level and wanting to win. Then when I get back to it after the game's all said and done, I can talk to them. I can have this, this, sense of, this great sense of, all right, I did this for y'all. On to the next one. So in terms of my parenting style, you know, uh, how I'm going to raise my children. I guess what I do is I look at how my grandmother raised me, how I was raised, and I try to also implement, you know, and avoid the BS that I did growing up. That's how I want to raise my children. So I just try to raise them the right way. So it, I don't think uh, Jokic, you know, making that statement would change, you know, how I am as a parent. Zero correlation at all, to use your word. Yeah, you right. said BS. Yes, bullshit. You can't do it. Will it make you maybe work out? Maybe make, you know, if the alarm goes off and you want that to sleep That was extra? going to be my statement. Yeah, that's what it is. It's not going to make you, like you just said, Fred, because I, when I hear that, oh, I'm doing this for my baby. You're out there with the best athletes in the world, fellas. You thinking about that little poop and pee machine that drooled on their goddamn chest, you think that's going to help you whoop his ass? It's not. It's going to make you work a little hard in the gym. It's going to make you wake up and run, maybe, or something like that. But it doesn't, you know, let's do, if you want to do the research, somebody will do the research. Look at somebody's career before they... <laughs> I was going to be nasty. <laughs> before they didn't wear rubber and made a baby, and then see a career take off when the baby comes. 
It's unrealistic. That's not going to happen. Do y'all know any of y'all ball, y'all homeboys that got, that just turned into a pro bowler because he got somebody pregnant and there's a baby on the way? It doesn't happen. You want motivation, and people reach for motivation all the time. Yeah. I, well, I was talking about, I was playing straight for money. I'm talking about when I was a kid, I need to go get rich so I don't have to have my family in the situation they're in. Whatever that motivation was. If your motivation is your child, okay. But you're not going to have a baby, and it's going to change your career. That is irrational, and there's zero correlation with that. And, and let me take the, a moment to pay homage to my good friend, my late friend, Trevor Moad, and his book. And Trevor said, it takes what it takes. Whatever yeah. that is, that's what it takes. Whatever your motivation is, whether it's your child, your, your, your girlfriend, your wife, going after the money, you know, going after rings, you know, going out, getting Emmys, want to get more em- like whatever the fuck it is, that's what it is. It takes what it takes and, and make that your staple and go for it. I will say this, listen to what Fred said. When Logan posted about me receiving the award, she did say, she's like, you deserve it because of how hard you work. And I, I don't know, like my kids, like I've always been like that. Like I've been a weirdo as far as like work because it was all, I felt like that was what I could control. But to hear my, for, for my child to say that that's why I received an award or to understand or to value that, that was important to me. But I can also say like, I didn't do it. Or I, don't, I didn't work that way or it didn't change when I had them. And shoot, I had kids when I was 19. So it, if it would have changed, it changed then, it changed early enough. You know, when you think about though what it, it entails, right, to, you know, you go from Kim to, to Jokic saying that to now I saw that Kevin Hart, you know, our dog Kev. Yeah. Remember we saw him with Don? Oh, he was what's, Don. What's Don's last name, bro? When they came, because remember they stopped at our table? Maybe we in was the movie, eating. Be in the movies. Man. Cheeto. Oh, Cheddle? Cheddle. Cheeto. Wait, Cheeto. How you say it? Yeah, the one. He, oh, he's 56. Damn. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kel, yeah we saw, I saw homeboys, yeah. Yeah, yeah Kel yeah. stopped by the table, you know, uh, him and Don, you know. <laughs> he was he was hot. He was, he, he trying to lead. Kel yeah. tried to chill with us. Kel wanted to chill with the boys. Yeah, you know, know how that goes. Shit. <laughs> now, uh, but Kev's daughter graduated from high school. She was the, uh, I always say this word wrong. Is it salutatorian or is it salutatorian? What is it? Salutatorian. Salutatorian, right? That's what I... Yeah, I think that's what it is. Um, and he bought her, he bought her uh, a new car. It's a Porsche Cayenne or whatever the, the trucks are. It's a white one. It's very nice. But I am now an empty nester. Um, Jaden and Jordan are getting their masters. Logan's going to culinary school. Um, next year and parenting bro like parenting is actually hard and it's it's but it's fulfilling too and it's the most important job uh that will will have when i look at now what life is supposed to be i think you're right right it's like i'm not like they ate already you know school is paid for like if something happens to me they'll be fine i've taken care of all of those things and it's, okay, what is the next step? Like, like, what do I need to do? Like, how do you find a way of fulfillment? How do you learn? Like, like, what are you now challenging yourself to do? And I was thinking about, I had a conversation about peace, right? It's just like a, it's like a very trendy thing now. Peace. Peace. Like every, yeah, people are like, like right. words that are trendy, healing mm-hmm. and peace, right? I think, I think whenever 
people don't want to argue. They say, you know what? I'm just looking for peace. Energy. Or, you, you, you know, say like yeah. the energy. Like, like those energy. are those are all the words. And so I wanted to take this time to do something. Um, is ask both of you questions, if I could take the time to do that. I start with you, Freddie. All right. And here are my three questions because okay. you asked me three questions. Mm -hmm. You good? Are you okay? And do you need anything from me? Wow. Um, I'm good. I have moments. Um, yeah, I'm good. I'm trying not to tear up thinking about my grandmother. That's the toughest thing that I got going on right now. What's going on with grandma? So I'm trying to work out earlier today, right? And um, I'm just, on, I'm, I'm doing my little run on the treadmill. And I'm like, damn, I got 15 minutes left. I was tired as a motherfucker. And uh, I was playing Warren, uh, uh, Marvin Sapp. Never would have made it. And uh, it just made me start thinking about my grandmother. And I know the song is a reference to God, but I feel like without her, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't done half the stuff I did. Um, Take your time, bro. <clears throat> no, I'm good. I'm real good. Um, and I have moments when I just think about her and everything she's done and what she means to me. Um, she has dementia and it's real bad. And she's just here. She's not living. She's just here. And it's fucked up. I can't even talk no more. Is there, I mean, is there anything you need from, from us, bro? Like, is, I mean, I think, you know, the, you ask these questions and like they're simple, very simple check-ins, but Yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah, uh, me too. Mentally I'm 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 good. I mean I'm I, I practice my uh you know, I practice on my anxiety. You know, uh when I feel moments of being low. You know, I practice I, I go and I meditate and you know, I call, I go to my therapist, I'll pick up the phone, I'll call, you know, people who's gonna talk to me and talk me through everything. I've never been suicidal, never will be. But dealing with, you know, my grandmother's health, that's tough for me. That lady is everything to me. Um, definitely my first love in life. But no, I'm, I'm good. Everything else is solid. That was just, that just came out of left field. Because earlier today, um, I had moments where I had to, 
I'm talking about I'm on the treadmill. I'm running and crying at the same fucking time. I'm like, what the fuck well, is I'm going on? I'm saying that it's, it's amazing crazy. that you could do both because you cannot hold a meeting <laughs> and work out on the Peloton at the same time. So Yeah, I've gotten the, better. The fact that I'm in better shape. Whatever whatever situation, well, I haven't seen her. I don't know what, what she was before the dementia, but my grand, two of my grandmothers had dementia, and they are different people when it happens. But I guarantee her life is better because of you. I guarantee whatever state she's in right now, she would not be where she is, what she's doing, with the help she has, everyone's for you. You're doing everything possible to put that in a better situation. So it, it, it's legit to be upset, not taking that, you I'm know, taking upset. that away from me, but I'm just saying, bro, think about, we were talking about the wins earlier. And I tell people this when they're like, are you doing everything possible to be for her, to be as comfortable as she can? And you gotta, you gotta think about that, bro. I think the, what I, I, I don't want to do is minimize the tears, minimize the, the feelings, and we certainly can't talk you into feeling better. But I think you said what's the most important thing, bro, that she was your first love, I guarantee she knows it. In the most important times, in the times that anything becomes clear to her, she knows that. The other thing is, you are one of her greatest accomplishments. You know, you said you watched her struggle, you watched your mom struggle, she, she raised you and she raised everybody else, and you are here. Yeah. You come from a place where you've seen people with talent, you've seen people get opportunities, squander them, not capitalize on them. You yourself have made mistakes, bro, but those mistakes ain't cost you for being here. And she got to see that. I, I, I pray it, it never happens to us, bro. But honestly, if we live long enough, we'll deal with it. Like we, we, will, we will feel it and it will not take away from whatever existence we had before it started to eat at us. Her existence before that, man, was joy through you. You know what I'm saying? Like, think about all you did to make her life better. And that don't mean you ain't supposed to cry. Like, that don't mean you ain't supposed to hurt. Like, it, it's the, we lose people. It's the most certain thing. It's the most certain thing about life is that we will lose people. And whether God gives us 100 hours with them or 100 years, it's never long enough. That's the way it works. But man, to, and I'll say this, I don't, you know, and I probably mentioned this movie before, it's called The Fault in Our Stars. And on the movie, he makes his best friends and his girl give give him a funeral, you know, because he wants to know what they're going to say about him because we don't get to, we don't get to live it afterwards. Bro, she got to live your love, dog. Like, man, that's a, and I hope, and I'm not, you know, I'm gonna be honest. I ain't one of the people that's like, hey man, when I leave, you know what I'm saying? Like, don't be crying and like have a party. Hell no, I don't have no party. I mean, you had a party after, but y'all mother effers better cry. <laughs> I'm talking about there better be, if it happened now, that damn show, the pivot better be the best, most emotional one y'all effers ever have. Yeah. 
you know, and like we're gonna just sit you in a chair. Yeah, sit me in it like weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> but like Freddie T, man, like that's like that's the crazy. Try to make you laugh. You give <laughs> like, but you gave her that, man. And I think I wanted to ask y'all those questions because I've been seeing that clip so many times, and the only part that hits me every time is that I didn't ask. Man, you I appreciate I mean? it. Um, I'm good. Yeah. I'm okay. Um, if I do need something, I know who to to, to reach out to. Um, but um, I'm 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 solid. Yeah. I'm almost scared to ask you, but I know most of the answers. Are you? But for real, man, because like I think, because yeah. you're just always so dang funny, and you're so you seem happy all the time. Well, are you good? You know what I'm saying? Like, are you okay? Like, like, do you need anything from from us, or do you need us to facilitate anything that makes something easier for you, something better for you? I do, and and asking, and I would even say that to like just people listening, like the happiest guy, the jokester, the class clown, the dude that you know lights up the room, whatever, the charismatic guy. They also have trouble. They also have demons. They also have insecurities. And I probably, my personality was built off insecurities. Was built off not having money coming up. Built off wearing the Avias and all. Built off, you know, not really having the resources growing up. So I had to be funny. That's how I got in rooms to be funny. And I think it was built about that. So like, even the guy, to your point, the happiest dude in the room, ask him how he's doing. For real. A lot of people don't ask me because to the point that I'm always happy, I'm laughing, I'm bush, you know, always brightening everyone else's day. His day must be fine because he's brightening everybody else's life. I would say that's not a fact. That person that brightens other people's lives, they're just good at brightening people's day. And they still have issues. And I would say the one, I would say the thing, honestly, you ask. Recently, I, not on purpose, but I put Asia on the back burner with the kids, with the jobs, with the, you know, trying to grind success, trying to do so many things, start businesses. And I've kind of took, taken Asia for granted. So could y'all do anything, know about that? But I just want to say and, and, um, and let her know that like, I'm going to prioritize her again, like I did 15 years ago when we met. We've been married a long time, married 12 years, been together 15 years. And through that time, like, not a loss of respect, not a loss of, you know, admiration, but just the prioritizing of my wife. And that's been on my mind. I need to do better, and I need to make an effort to do better. And it's all on me. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know what I could do or help with it, but I just need that, you know, need, need to, to maybe be reminded sometimes. You know, I can call Asia. Hey, did you talk? You know, you know she wants you to check in after the show and things like that because it does slip out my mind, and she is the most amazing person I've ever met in my life, and that's why I made her my wife. But I need to show her that every single day. You mentioned insecurities, which prompted me to think about something. Uh, I was jot down a few things before we got started. And your insecurities, do you wear, you wear white drawers? I can't. Me either. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm real insecure about that. That's not insecure. That's just a good decision. Right. I mean, I like, I wear, I'm always wearing black. I don't even like white t-shirts. Yeah. But what do you think about white underwear? Like, well, I think about it. Yeah, you. She what do you think? It's skeet marks in them. Yeah, it's putting, a, it's putting a white sheet over a garbage can. 
It's, it's just all nasty. Everything that happens in the crotch and booty area is nasty. Why would I put a white piece of cloth on top of nasty? You're a capper and a neat guy. What do you think about white? I only, I only wear dark underwear. Like, Me too. So yeah. for everybody, we, we got a comment scrubber for everybody that's watching this. We want to know what feedback you got in the comments. Like, tell us why or why don't you wear white underwear. But I see another thing, suit etiquette. Because you got a million suits. Yes. Uh, no, probably almost a thousand. Suit etiquette. Is it proper to, because I haven't been to the cleaners uh, since pre-COVID, Okay. right? Do you leave your suits in the plastic when you hang them up in your closet? Yes. All your suits yes. are in the plastic. If, if that's if I, all my suits that I take from the cleaners, I leave in the plastic because when you put them in the suit closet, you know, I don't want dust or anything like that to get on them. But the rest of the suits are just wherever. I, um, I'm actually about to give some to my homies. I have a, a too many. So I need Pretty to clean, clean. Yeah. y'all suits? I need to, yeah, I send them to the cleaners. Dry clean your suit, yeah. You put them in the washer? Put them back on the hanger. They're not dirty. What are you doing in yeah, a suit? Yeah, the, the same. This, the, the, do you wash those shorts eventually? Yeah. Yeah, it's the same I'm thing. outside sitting down dirty. Yeah, it's, it's the same the thing. Pool. Eventually. You like, down, not... you? So you put on a suit, go to church, come back home, and take it to the cleaners? No, I wouldn't do that. Not like after one where I, I take the up. shirt, though. I would take the shirt. Oh, okay. Yeah, I would take the shirt. The, the yeah, suit you wore on draft night, you just... That's in the closet. That was six hours of well, ass a, and... It was a rental. Anyway. I on drawers. Well, fellas, we've been talking for an hour and a half. And Ave, Jimmy Butler's about to leave, and oh, buckets. Yeah, Jimmy. Yeah, buckets. yeah, he busy today. Yeah, he, he, I gotta, yeah I, he's, he got an event. Yeah, he's gonna have to. He got an event later, so he has to go. But I will say this, man. Um, first off, thank y'all. I, I really appreciate y'all giving me a chance to talk about it, but also just being happy for me. You know, I, I don't think we are happy for each other enough, and I believe we have, as a group, done a very good job of riding for each other. Uh, there hasn't been any situation where we've got opportunities where we haven't included one another, and we've been, I think that's what keeps the show strong. Uh, Freddie T, man, if you need anything from me, you know, I'm willing to do whatever you need, have any conversation. Chan, you know the same thing. You already know, man. Like, we've had instances where we've had to ride like that. I do want to do one thing before the end of the show. We started to, we talked to y'all, and we talked to them about moments we thought were really cool off air that we've shared or that were funny or that were just us. I want everybody out there who is a subscriber or a viewer of The Pivot, send in your top five on-camera pivot moment. And what we're going to do is we're going to pick our favorite one and we're going to make a reel or make a video, put it together of those top five moments. Also mention you on our social media and I'll see if there's some way to get in touch with you guys and maybe give y'all something special. The email will be in the description that you can send it into so we can comb through it. I'm not doing it. Freddie T ain't doing it. Chan ain't doing it. We're going to find somebody that can do it. We're going to look at the top five, and we'll pick from that. But in truth, man, you know, it's about we say we have to accept, adjust, and move forward. And a long time ago, I was just talking and I was saying, you know, when you make the pivot and where you think you are at that time isn't necessarily where the end is. This isn't the end for me, for Chan, for Freddie T, for this show, but it also isn't the end for you. If your eyes still open in the morning, if your lungs can still take in breath and 
I believe in God. I believe in prayer. I believe also in work. And so whatever you believe in, man, keep doing that. Keep rocking with that. That is so important. Believe in yourself and believe that that work will somehow manifest into something. And whatever that something is, we ain't really in control of it. This is The Pivot. Cookout. RC, don't forget to tell them about the merch. We got new hats, new tees, and we got a Happy Dad collab. Go over to happydad.com, check out the collab. You want to get the Pivot stuff straight off our site at thepivotpodcast.com. Check it out. Hold up. Limitless. Take a stomach cap in it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. No one me, I got the key. Only vision I can trust. Trust. Limitless. Take a stomach cap in it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant.